0: You're listening to another film podcast where three friends watch a movie and discuss and debate it. Get ready for some hot takes, some non sequiturs, and a lot of banter. And as always, there will be spoilers. Roll (laughs) pop.
1: Is Colin and I am recently still currently in the process of reading uh, MCU, the Reign of Marvel Studios, oh. which is a fascinating book about Marvel from where it's like its inception to where it is now, and it's got all sorts of interesting little tidbits that I've been texting Matt about because he's oh. he's the he's my comics boy so I'm, I'm Marvel boy <clears throat> so. But yeah, it's been really interesting. I, I'm I don't. It typically is hard for me to get into nonfiction, but I've been enjoying this one quite quite a bit so far.
2: Yes. Uh, my name's Tierney, and I recently watched Saltburn. Mm.
1: We had a little pre-show chat.
2: Yeah, it's wild, but it's pretty yeah. fun.
1: You know what else is wild? <laughs> Barry's hog throughout the entire end of that movie, just flying all over the place. Yeah. It's actually a reboot of the movie Wild Hogs.
2: It is such a funny final scene. I do love it. It's perfect. But it feels like I was going to make that my letterboxed review, but I was like, I feel like this is a public forum. I shouldn't
0: highlight the one scene in the movie. I mean, it is the one that everyone's talking.
1: I was gonna say, sorry to listener, I guess, if you haven't yet seen Saltburn, but there's a lot of Barry Keoghan's dick in Saltburn, so you have that to look forward to. (laughs) I feel like he's also been pretty happy to talk
0: about it and share,
1: as he should, uh, honestly. Yeah, yeah. good for him.
0: (laughs) Barry's having (laughs) his moment, and
2: he's earned it. Uh, I was the Letterbox review I was gonna do was Hugh Grant's prime minister walked so barry could run which is just dancing in-house sequences Mm -hmm.
0: but one is a lot better than the other sure yeah Yeah. Hugh Grant was originally fully nude in love actually for that scene they
2: made him wear clothes
0: they're like no you have to put on clothes yeah they're like the prime minister wouldn't be dancing naked um uh and my name is matt uh and i've recently been watching scavenger's reign and got killed oh, by Colin. Tell me not, more about this, for Matt. ending it <laughs> soon. Okay, here's what I'm gonna say. For several weeks, several, I think two or three, I've meant to use it as my recently watched at this moment. But every week, I saw something else that I was like, oh, but I feel like this is like a little more like you know movie related or this is a little more interesting to talk about uh, immediately. But scavenger's reign i have been watching and i have not finished it yet it's on max uh it's an animated tv series based on the art of mobius uh and it looks incredible it is incredible it's incredibly dark and uh mature and imaginative it's like the most imaginative sci-fi i've watched um in years maybe and honestly like the first thing that came to mind was like, Tales from the Loop, which is another mm. streaming show that I was like, "Who? this is heavy, and uh, makes me question a lot and think about <clears throat> what human kind is and what we think of and memori- like remember. Uh, and it reminds me of the, the limited series Invasion America, which was an animated primetime TV series on the WB in the 90s. Uh, that my brother and I watched, and it was also heavy for a kid's show. Um, but it was also, like, dark and cool and about an alien race who stops by Earth. and Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, Scavenger's Reign, incredible. Uh, it's, like, Lost and The Thing and Annihilation all rolled into one, and Prometheus all rolled into one. Uh, and when I told that to Colin, he said, then why the fuck didn't you tell me about this sooner? I love all those things. <laughs> And I do feel bad, so I apologize. But now that you know, go watch it. Uh, it's
1: truly outstanding. Um, is it... Should I watch it, to go back to our old categories, should I watch it on the airplane tomorrow? Um. Should I proudly display sure. my iPad for all of those who are sitting near me to see? There's, like... I think there's a couple moments of nudity, but, like, not
0: many. Uh, which is... Good for a plane, and I would say it's every shot is gorgeous. It's okay. like one of the best-looking shows uh, I've watched this year, and it's animated. So just the colors are incredibly vivid, the landscapes are just like outstanding. It's it's if Avatar,
1: Lost like World ended? of
0: Pandora. Oh, no, okay, okay. Uh, If it's it's like if the world of Pandora was as lethal as they set it up to be in the first movie where they're like everything is going to kill you uh and then it's like everything's harmonious and everyone gets along in this thing it's like a flower will spit acid at you and you're like oh my god and you'll fall into like a flower that starts to eat you <laughs> and then like yeah it's twisted uh Sick. it's cool it's fucking cool um anyway yeah uh, so i watched that and guess what else i watched
1: well why don't you tell
0: us i'm going to tell you right now i watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes as the beginning of the... uh Op... Op... op, 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 op uh. So there's Rot-Pot-A. rot pot Wat-Pot-A. Or no, there's Dot-poda. dot pot a, and, and then...
1: then whoop, whoop. Whoop.
0: <laughs> um, but otherwise known as the Planet of the Apes Caesar Trilogy, um, which is the beginning of this unconventional trilogy that we're putting together, Um, so, uh, the movie is the beginning of the Planet of the Apes Reinvention Trilogy. Uh, that's what the screenwriter said that... Oh, Reinvention.
1: Interesting. And I was
0: like, oh, I like that. Because I don't think it's a reboot, and it's not a prequel. Mm -hmm. is a reinvention of the Planet of the Apes saga. Um, and the story is about Caesar, an ape who leads an ape uprising after a substance designed to cure Alzheimer's, ends up giving him and his... Uh, ape Friends, Advanced Intelligence, and uh, Dope Acrobatics. Um, <laughs> it was released in 2011, uh, directed by Rupert Wyatt, uh, and stars the incredible Andy Serkis, uh, and also James Franco, Frida Pinto, and many others that we'll mention throughout uh, this, because it's a pretty stacked cast. I your
1: your boy, you Draco Malfoy, yes. your Tom you're Slytherin in arms.
0: It's true. Um, he's a real fucker in this movie. <laughs> I? Uh, but yeah, uh, Tom Felton, Brian Cox, uh, David Oyelowo, um, John Lithgow, my king, my oh. captain.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, you can go straight to hell. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, do you guys want to share your yasses and nars, or should I, should I leave that?
1: Um. Um. I can. Go. I think
0: I might have different ones than you guys. So
2: I had story plot and resonance.
1: Story. I didn't <laughs> okay. have a third. I was, I was like trying to. Was, like, oh, we, right. we typically story, lump story and plot together. I was like, trying to, like real that woman with like math equations <laughs> meme was like <laughs> happening to me right now. Um, and just to clarify for me, because
0: I. We updated this category for resonance. Uh, are, do you mean more like the cultural significance of it, or the emotional connection that you have?
2: I it? guess, I mean, there's a bit of both.
0: You can say okay. both. You there we go. That, there's your those three. Are two different ones. Those are your three.
2: Mm, sort of. Go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go, Colin. Um, I would say, uh, acting was mostly a Gnar for me with one strong exception which we will certainly talk about uh-huh. um, and then story plot and emotional connection would be my three Excellent. which are yassas. sorry I should clarify yeah. my last two are yassas. acting is mostly a Gnar I'm
0: uh, so happy that uh, we're in agreement about a lot of this um, and I think we can go through some of the other ones before we get into the uh, emotional connection of the movie because I think that is very strong in this but uh i my yasses were symbolism cultural significance and emotional connection so uh i do think at one point i was like oh i think i'll probably say acting uh which as you hinted at we'll get to uh but as i watched more of the movie i'm like ah as an ensemble acting performance it's not a, a yas. It's not a strong yas. Here's mm-hmm. a
2: question: Has James Franco ever been a yas?
1: No. <laughs> How? <laughs> like, let's start still... with acting because I don't have a ton to say about acting, yeah. and I think we can okay. move on to the other categories, which I think we <laughs> want to talk about more. But like, I, I think that this is kind of like best case scenario for a like studio yes. IP rebooting. Like a known franchise, like this movie. I went into this movie the first time I saw it with like really low expectations because I saw the Tim Burton. Like I have, I've seen the original Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes. I haven't seen any of the other ones, and I saw the Tim Burton remake, and the Tim Burton remake is atrocious. So I went into this. Didn't even know he did one. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg is the main character. Oh God, I remember now. It's rough. Uh, It's real rough. I thought this was the same series. No, well, no. Uh, so this is
0: the one quote uh, that I'll say is I looked up uh, kind of the behind the scenes of this and uh, the writers uh, who are Amanda Silver and Rick Jaffa,
1: uh,
0: co-writers of pitch, Avatar: The Way
1: of Water, of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: I looked up and I was like, holy shit, they're really working. But this was the, kind of the beginning of their yeah, like true success. Um, but they said for our pitch, we went in and said, guys. You're just gonna have to pretend like the Tim Burton movie never happened <laughs> for this moment in time. Wipe it out of your memory. We're starting over. And they said, "Okay."
1: Yeah, it's like tough sell. Like- yeah, they're just like, "All right." If sounds I sounds good, if I could eternal sunshine that movie from my brain, I think I would. Yeah, but anyway, I, 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 I even wanted- saw it. Mm. it. You're really not missing anything. It's really bad. But um, so I went into this movie with very low expectations and maybe it's because I had such low expectations. I was like, Holy shit. Like this is, it's not like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I was like, this is a really like competently made, like interesting. I like for studio IP thing. Like, I just thought it was like a really well done blockbuster. And it was like, I think it came out in August. So it was like that late summer window or, you know, like, Things aren't necessarily like huge blockbusters. They're not necessarily making like, you know, awards plays or anything. But I just thought it was like a really well done movie with the major asterisk of like centering this movie around James Franco is a huge oh. mistake. Like, and that's not even taking into account like the real life James Franco ish, you know, like the, like the whatever's going on with him and any sort of accusations that have been levied against him. Like if you, even if you take all of that out of it, I just don't think that like he is a strong enough actor for this particular movie. And I think that that's that to me, that takes this movie down a bit. Like I, I do still think it's like a really well done studio blockbuster, but I think especially when you compare it to Dawn and war, where you have actors who are stronger caliber and those movies are just stronger movies. I think that like having James Franco be such a major component of this movie, it was just a miss.
2: It really makes you like, think about when you look at the central characters of this movie, who the intelligent ape is and who
1: (laughs) the, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, in my, in my research, (laughs) in my research, uh, where I found that other quote, it was just about how, uh, Rick and Amanda, I'll use their first names, um, were fired multiple times from this movie because they kept writing Caesar as the protagonist. And Mm. then the studio would be like, no, James Franco's character is the protagonist. Wrong. Yep. Yep. You're right. Yes, you're right. James Franco's character is the protagonist. You're right. And then they would get rehired, and then they would write Caesar as the protagonist. And then the studio would be like, hey, we said James Franco is the lead. And they are like, oh, uh-huh, absolutely. You are correct. And then they would just keep writing Caesar. I love it. And so, like, I think the weakness of this movie is absolutely both Franco's performance, which mm-hmm. I think is, is just not... It's not
1: an, a compelling enough that
2: lab for us tech to... has a more compelling performance than I was anything. Say, I mean, yeah, Frank it's
1: true. Does the, or does. the performance is is like just very nothing. Like it's not it's, actively yeah. bad, but it's not bringing anything to the table either. It is just like a complete yeah. He's waste just a of space, man.
0: Yeah, and I think it <laughs> is like that because I, I was thinking about this towards the end of the movie, where I was really like, "Man, these Franco." arc, this, like, the arc of Franco's character is so
1: hard Vanilla?
0: to wrangle. Well, yeah, because it's he has to both serve as the reason Caesar is kind mm-hmm. and the reason that everything gets fucked up. Uh, and he has to both be trying to get Caesar back but fail enough times that Caesar's like, I am not on, I'm not with you anymore. <laughs> we are done and so like his character feels like it always oscillates between like a shithead and a nice guy
1: mm-hmm. and
0: neither is that good in a protagonist to have like both you rooting against him like when he's like i tested it on my dad and it works you're like you fucking idiot don't rush this and also you're gonna keep experimenting on apes <laughs> like, you're part of the problem yeah and then also be like okay caesar with your people and it's like yeah i mean get the fuck out of the way like you're not (laughs) part of this anymore go home um so i think part of it is just that character is so hard to figure out what you really feel about him Mm -hmm. um and in the end it is just like this is caesar's movie hands down it's about caesar the best scenes are with caesar Mm -hmm. anytime you cut back to franco and a yellow you're like
2: you know what else is crazy is caesar is played by andy circus who probably has those dots on his face but it's like cgi Mm -hmm. and he has a more compelling yes performance and there's more emotion on his face than anything franco does and
1: this was in 2011 and like you know i think this particular technology has only got like I don't I think it still holds up really well when you watch like Lord of the Rings, which we all do somewhat regularly. Like I think the motion capture from twenty plus years ago is still really good, but it, like most movies were not putting in the effort for motion capture to be good. Like I think a lot of stuff that was coming out that was doing motion capture around that time was pretty shoddy, and I think there's like a few exceptions but across the board, I think it was pretty rough, but like they actually got a really talented mocap actor and they actually put in the effort to make the character, like the CGI character be able to express all of those things. And that, I mean, like I said, I think acting is mostly a Gnar for me with the one obvious exception being Andy Serkis as Caesar at some point in this trilogy should have won an oscar like not just been nominated yeah. like he should have like this it, this his performance as caesar is astounding
0: yeah i was going to say this for and, and this is just actually just a portion of like cultural significance for me but this movie is kind of considered the beginning of the change in respectability of the mocap mm-hmm. actor or like what you could do with mocap that was still based in, like, a human performance that mm-hmm. had all this layers Some of us, motion. that changed
2: at the turn of the century with Gollum. And if you watch the extended well, sure. scenes on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, <laughs> you would see just what Andy Serkis was doing in the late 90s.
0: Okay, yes, that's fair, and it's still Andy Serkis, and I think that's why this kind of cemented it as, like, it's not just Lord of the Rings that yeah. used this to, to, it's like, the height of the power it could. But, but now it's like if you oh, watch this the, ape is a real ape.
2: If you watch the extended scenes, you'll see him like slithering down a river in free. Like there's snow on the ground, and he's doing it all for motion capture. He's like the Tom Cruise right. of motion.
0: <laughs> oh capture. yeah,
2: but he's always been yeah. that. That hasn't that hasn't changed
0: right. with this movie. No, I am agreeing with you. I'm saying <laughs> this movie is considered the beginning of like. Okay, now we can make a movie. Okay. Smeagol Gollum is a supporting character in the Lord of the Rings. This is a lead performance, and I think movies after this movie then became reliant on like we could make a lead performance based on mocap and have it have an emotional range that we didn't know was capable to this extent. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord of the Rings made the first and biggest case for it and i think remains one of the best examples of like what is possible but again it's still andy circus like andy circus is i think considered the father of the mocap performance uh, and or at least the respect Mm -hmm. that it's been given and i think it starts with lord of the rings and i think it revs up at rise of the planet of the apes and i think a lot of places also
1: say that like this was i think it's also like 10 years elapsed
0: almost Yeah, so I
1: mean, this like, came out in 2011. Yeah. Uh, Fellowship came out in 2001, so it was a 10 year gap between the two. Didn't
2: Avatar come out in 2009?
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I guess Avatar might have also.
0: Yeah, been part I of think. But I think maybe. I mean, but that acting is not. That's the point. It's I was like, going to say, like, acting is Avatar not what people acting. are coming to,
1: a, like, to Avatar for. Like, I think that, like, yeah. it was impressive for the technology, but it wasn't like oh, Zoe Saldana is giving like, a really good performance in this movie. It was just like, yeah, yeah, there's, like, she's the human that's embodying this CGI character. And I, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of it was more of, like, the technical side. Whereas this, we're getting, like, okay, the technical side is still very strong here, which it was with Lord of the Rings, which it was with Avatar, which it was with King Kong, honestly, if we're gonna talk about Andy Serkis and Peter Jackson. Like, yeah. but I think here is where we are able to be like, oh, now I'm like emotionally invested in this character as opposed yeah. to just being like, oh, it's really impressive what they were able to do from a technology standpoint.
0: Yes, and I think the other thing is that part of the technology it was developed for this was putting dots on the eyes. And so previously it was just dots on the physical form. Mm-hmm. But in this, they were able to actually rig Andy Serkis' eyes. And so the eye acting that he's doing is Andy Circus like yes it's digitally created and rendered out of that but like that's why there's so much emotion in Caesar's contemplation in his understanding in his hurt in his like decisions all of it is so specific and it's Andy Circus doing all the work to like get it to this new level which yeah if like yeah watching this now, I was like, oh my god. Like, this is such a good performance. There's so much happening, and it could look artificial. Um, And, you know, a lot of the other apes don't look quite as yeah. refined. Which, you know, obviously. But you can tell the difference between, like, <clears> their <throat> face and Andy's circus like, really... Like, immediately you can see, like, how heavy the crown is for this leader. Like, he's a really thoughtful and like strategic and mindful like presence and it's all through the performance it's all through his eye acting um mm-hmm. it's so good god he's so good in this
1: I, he's really good but i think literally everybody else is just like fine at best i think like yeah no it, the and the characters <clears throat> yeah which is it's, like fine like again for what this movie was trying to do which was just like Fox had some IP that they didn't want to lapse, and so they were just like, I don't know, let's try this again. Like, this is really effective, but, like, they didn't... Like, nothing else... Like, no, nobody else... Like, John Lithgow... Like, none of, nobody's bad, I will say that. Like, nobody's bad yeah. in this movie. But, like, they're all just, like, fine. Like, nobody's giving, like, a great performance outside of Andy Circus, And I yeah, think that there's... that, like, starts to change with the rest of this trilogy, but I think this movie, they were just like you know clearly they they were like yeah okay it's James Franco's movie but no it's Caesar's movie and it's very obvious that like that was who the writers and ultimately like the move like the finished product is getting you behind and it's just like yeah. everybody else is also there too and i was actually thinking um this obviously this movie is much better than like the recent monsterverse movies although skull island rips but like when i was i was like as much yeah. as i, much as I enjoy Godzilla versus Kong like all of the human characters in that movie are just complete nothings. They're all Gosh. just like, get get these out of my movie. I don't all care. I want to see is kaiju punching each other. And so, like, this movie, is, I feel like this is, like, a similar vein, where it was like, I don't care about basically any of the humans in this movie because I'm so, like, they're all Except nothing to me.
2: the guy who's the lab tech. I, yeah, I mean, I he's fun. He's, he's, like, the most compelling human.
0: yeah. Sure. And even he, like, puts down 12 apes. Like, yes, he doesn't like doing it, but he still does it because that's what people are. Yeah. And so, yeah. In, in, well, I mean, maybe this is broaching on emotional connection already, which maybe it, we would just move to it. But, yeah. like, the humans are such bastards in this that you're oh. like, fuck these people. Like, get out. Go die. Uh,
1: I love, and I think it's, yeah. like, on the bastards record. The bastards in this? Got him. <laughs> yeah, to quote Tierney's letterbox review of *Rise no. of the Planet of the Apes*, <laughs> humans do be it. dumb. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, like, though. Our girl really knows what's up. <laughs> they really do be dumb. They really uh, do be dumb. But like, I- including Franco, like
0: that's mm-hmm. why his character is like, yeah, this is not the lead. Like, he's just as much of an antagonist towards Caesar as everyone else in his own way.
1: Yeah uh i love david o i think he's a really talented actor and every time he's on screen in this movie i'm like get fucked dude
0: he's <laughs> also a very annoying character in how he's written yeah he's like, for sure we're he's shutting a, down he, the project he's and a one like, b i did it he, yeah oh for sure Yeah. he's like, just like twiddling he's his just fingers. like capitalism baby mr money <laughs> yeah when he's like so happy that he tested it on his dad. He's like, I'll give you whatever you need. You're like, "Ugh, this character sucks. I hate this.
1: Yeah. I have uh, to
2: say like, um, I do think just from like a realistic standpoint, if like 50 apes escaped in, from a lab, like I also have worked in a building of science laboratories where there's like MRSA being like Mm -hmm. airborne 50 feet from my office desk (laughs) like I've worked in those types of buildings and that sort of thing does not happen without like so much red tape going up to where if they wanted to open because I think the assumption is that they're at Berkeley Labs is that right
1: yeah, I mean they're somewhere in the Bay Area. I have no idea, like specifically. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's, it's like a company. it's like, it's a it's a private company. It's like a pharmaceutical yeah, company.
2: Oh, okay, maybe not. But
1: yeah, it's not know. an educational institution. That's but for like me, sure.
2: there's so many like safety regulations and standards that I think that if fifty apes escaped and were trying to kill people, they would not be able to be like, let's just test on more apes <laughs> like a year later. That's insane.
0: Think about mean, all like the... the like Bright Eyes trying to escape?
2: Yeah, in the very beginning. Was right. it just like, her? Like, I thought there was more. It was
0: just, it was just her. It's just okay. her. It's well, just Caesar's mom.
2: Okay, fine. Whatever. I don't the, know. You
0: know. The true OG. Let's give it up for Bright Eyes. I Ugh. put Bright Eyes Queen. on my notes, and I was like, we should give Bright Eyes the respect that we should give her. Um, but poor, sweet Caesar doesn't even know his mom.
1: Yeah. I think that was the first time I was, like, genuinely shocked by this movie when Bright Eyes gets shot. shot. And I was, like, tr- like genuinely emotionally affected by that. I was like, oh, damn. Like, this movie is mm-hmm. doing way more than I gave it any credit for.
2: Oh, mine was yeah. immediate when she's snatched from yeah, the I mean, jungle. Like,
1: that part is is rough for sure. But I was yeah I was like when she got like I like she got snatched from the jungle and then she went to a lab and was getting experimented on, and okay. then just got shot. I was like, oh, so Bright similar, Eyes, no! <laughs> like, similar, how could this happen? How will you release your albums
2: now? <laughs> um, similar to uh the story, you have Paddington. The story of Paddington starts in a mm. jungle, mm. and. Uh, I guess no one gets snatched, but there's like a big catastrophic event. Uh, And then they're like displaced. I don't know. It just reminded me of Paddington. Also.
0: uh, Yeah. Like when Paddington uh, electrocutes Draco (laughs) Malfoy.
2: No, just the beginning.
0: I'm just kidding. Uh, Or when Paddington leans in and goes, Paddington is home.
2: Caesar did remind me of uh, Paddington though.
1: How much would you just, like, shit your pants if Paddington started talking to you?
2: Um, probably not a whole lot, because I feel like we talk to each other right now.
1: Right. I mean, like, I think that people who have pets do ha- like, do agree that there is nonverbal communication between a human and their pet. Like, I, I, I agree with that. But, like, if to be he honest, actually. It
2: would make my life so much easier.
1: That's true. That's a really good point. But I was like, if you guys got home care. from your walk and he's just like, ah, uh, Paddington is home. Yeah, I'd be
2: like, <laughs> all right, now you have to tell me when you're hurt. <laughs> or when you like don't you feel You gave up good. the game.
1: Yeah. Now you gotta do work for me. Yeah, yeah. I've been dog sitting my sister's dog, and there's been a couple times where she's just like staring at me, and I'm like, literally, what do you want? I was like, you yeah, have food hate, in your bowl, you have I water in that. your dish. I was like, I don't know what else. Like, I was like, and I just brought you like, in from outside between her legs. Yeah, and it's like no like, one's
2: screaming at you.
1: Yeah, I was you like, you can do whatever you want, girl. This whole house is your fucking kingdom. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like, and they're you like, just went to the bathroom. You have food. You have water. Ha- like, help me help you. <laughs> But use it's, your words. I get no. so annoyed. I,
2: I, like, have to leave the room. <laughs>
0: anyway. Um, <clears throat> uh, in terms of emotional connection, uh, the this movie does such a good job throughout the, I mean, literally, from that opening scene that's so brutal and sad all the way until the end, you're never not on the ape's side, mm-hmm. whether it's Bright Eyes or it's Caesar or it's any of his pals. Maurice. Maurice. Sweet Maurice.
1: Crazy old Maurice. Uh, <laughs> Tierney, that's uh, a, a Beauty and the Beast Disney animated reference that, that Matt Explains made. why it. I didn't get it. Yep, I know. That's why I had to. I like, crazy old, crazy old Maurice. Um, but yeah, you,
0: and I think I, again, will give props to the screenwriters for knowing what this movie is should be mm-hmm. and is. And it is a movie about the rise of Caesar, him becoming a revolutionary, and the allegiances that he builds at this beginning of this new world. Like this is the beginning of a whole other world of the planet of the apes. Um I guess world world is a planet. So uh the beginning of a new planet Uh, I do
2: like that it merges with, and this might be more story plot, I like that it merges with almost like an outbreak story, because I haven't seen any of it, so I'm assuming that human, there's going to be some sort of epidemic, people are going to die off, and then that's where you get the apes
1: ruling Earth. I mean, I plead the fifth, but you will find out soon enough. Yeah. Oh, wait, so you haven't seen... No. Have you seen any of I saw of these?
2: 10 minutes of the Charlton Heston version and said, this is boring, and never watched it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't really care about any of the other Planet of the Apes, but I do think all three of these are phenomenal movies. Uh, I liked it I a am, lot. I'm really, it only gets better from here.
1: Um, I, I was thinking that. Like, as much as I do enjoy this movie, this is the weakest of the three, which is really exciting. That's because there's a bunch of humans wasting our time. Like, <laughs> in the other movies, the humans are
0: there. And a problem. Are they a uh, prisoner? This one, they're here. no, not yet. Well, that's part of it too. Is like the the mercy that Caesar extends multiple times in this. You're like, yeah, this is also like a kind leader. Yeah, like he stops people from getting murdered. He like helps eat like the other apes get along, and even like puts the one in the, like the one guy who's like not necessarily a Dick? bad guy. Yeah. But works at this abusive uh, ape shelter, like, he stops him from getting beaten to death, and then he, like, kind of nicely but sternly gestures him to, like, get in the cage. But it doesn't kill him, and doesn't kill Tom Felton. Like, Tom Felton electrocutes his own ass. But, like, that is what I think is so powerful about Caesar as a character, and what we get more of with each subsequent movie is, like, the wisdom that he has, and, like,
2: his whole plan it, it, of escape is awesome, how he,
1: like... So cool. Watching him, like, figure cans. out all of the different things is f- yeah. incredible. Like, yeah. getting the pocket knife... Like, just seeing the guy have a pocket knife and then get, figuring out a way for the pocket knife to get there, using the pocket knife to unlock the um, the cage, like, spending the night, like, figuring out how mm-hmm. to maneuver around all the things. Like, it's Befriending everything. the gorilla. Yeah, like, just mm-hmm. watching him, His like, watching him, like concoct his plan and then enact his plan is fascinating i love it. it's so well done like the it's so well thought out and so well developed and it's just like really genuinely like impressive yeah and and
0: like yeah you understand like oh yeah you're you're smarter than a person probably even would be like you're coming up with all these other things and i and like maybe the most Like, all the parts are so impressive that he, like, puts that together, but even understanding the interpersonal relationships between people and Mm -hmm. apes and, uh, like, how he's going to assert himself as the alpha, but he's also going to show mercy towards the one that beat him up and very purposely, like, throw the can and be like, we're not going to fight. I'm not going to kill you. You just have to respect me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's so... Fun. And I can, like, especially during the climax, uh, particularly when Maurice grabs a sewer lid and Buck, <laughs> the gorilla, rips out a parking meter and toss them at police cars. I was like, this movie is so satisfying. Like, there's so yeah. many parts that you're like, God, somebody treat these apes well. And then when they get theirs, you're like, fuck yes. Get it all. Like, you're, I want... I want you to do everything you want to do. Uh it's so satisfying.
1: I I think Tierney, I cut you off earlier. Were you going to say something else? Uh you can go. Okay. Um sorry. The I think t- what you were kind of talking about, Matt, was like one of the things I find so fascinating about Caesar as a protagonist throughout this entire trilogy is like most of the time we watch... So, like, this is, like, a great man movie, obviously. It's, like, uh-huh. a, it's about an ape, and it's, like, fictionalized. But, like, it, that's what it this is, right? This is a character study of, like, a leader. Uh-huh. But, like, his goal is not to become the king of the planet of the apes. His goal okay. is to just, like, shelter and protect his kind. And he's, like... I, and I think, like, you see that all throughout. Like, he just wants his friends that are all trapped in this shithole sanctuary to be able to like run free in the redwoods. Like he doesn't want to take over the world. He just wants them to be able to like have freedom. And like, it's, I think that that's so compelling because like, I don't like watch Napoleon the other day and I was just like, I fucking don't care. Like, (laughs) like I just don't fucking care. Um, but like, I think this is really fascinating because it's not world domination, which I feel like most of those like leader, like great men leader type storylines are, this is just like, no, I don't care about world domination. I just want my people to be safe and to have a home. And I think that that's just like a really unique spin on like this, you know, quote unquote genre. And beautiful.
0: And I think that's, yeah, that's what's so cool about, They're not even his friends, necessarily. Right. He's just in an enclosure with them. And instead of, like, figuring out how to control all of them, his motivation is once... As soon as he basically makes a connection with Maurice and they're able to speak sign language to each other, that's what I think everything kind of turns for him. And he's like, oh, no. Like, we're all in this together. None of us are going to be, like, more free if I'm isolated or I just go with everyone else. Uh, And the moment that he steps back into the cage when he could go home, Mm -hmm. is this like really powerful, emotional moment of a leader being like, I'm needed here. Like these are the people that I'm here to protect. And like, I understand what they're going through. And so I'm not gonna go and leave them behind. It's so powerful. And it's such a cool character choice that really does like set this up. Like the whole trilogy you're on Caesar's side no matter what.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love it.
2: Uh, one thing I had for emotional resonance, which is, like, sort of related, um, and this, I definitely don't know enough uh, when people talk about how, like, AI is one of the big threats to the, our generation. I'm always like, how? Um, <laughs> but I feel like this is what people think AI is.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking so much about that, too. Uh, particularly, well, like...
2: Well, I was thinking so much about well. that, too.
0: <laughs> because it is... I think AI... I, again, and maybe this just broaches on cultural significance, but I think, like, a movie about an uprising is typically robots. Like, we've seen that movie over and over and over oh, again. Yeah. I don't know if over it's over typically again. robots. Well, it's typically robots, and it's typically that humans lose and that we have to fight back to become the dominant <laughs> species.
2: You just mean the Matrix?
0: Well, I mean, like iRobot is suggesting that, or uh, well, what are some other like? <laughs> ro-
1: well, I mean, I mean like, like Ex Machina. AI suggests
0: it. Yeah, Ex Machina. I mean, it is always about artificial intelligence. Terminator. I mean, the f- whole fucking Terminator series is about it. Yeah. And I think like there's something that's hard to, because this is why I was thinking about it. There's something that's hard to emotionally connect to the struggles of robots. As an audience, I think, again, like I mentioned this, I think at one point when we were doing one of the podcasts around the Matrix Resurrections or whatever was like after rewatching Animatrix and when they like go through how the robots were mistreated and ultimately rose up, I was like, I'm on the robot side. People (laughs) needed to be put in their place and the robots are right.
1: Humans do be dumb. Here's humans do be dumb.
2: <laughs> so I think when it comes to, and this is on a similar vein, when people talk about how AI is like the greatest threat to our future, I still am like, how though. Um, but when they say it's the greatest threat to our future, it's because the the most dangerous, and again, I don't know a lot. This is just from the outside. I think that the most dangerous part of AI is humans. To where yes. if if. AI started to get like a little too smart, you can just unplug it and then it isn't there anymore. But some human somewhere is going to be like, no, I need to use this to fix my dad. And then it's going to start like the end of the world.
0: And I, yeah, and I think because AI is created by man, there's something about it's overrunning us that's so like, oh, and we lost control of the thing that we created Mm -hmm. and what's different is that in these movies like we didn't create apes what we did do was create a drug that made them smarter and kill us and so like
2: yes and no i think that we didn't create apes but we have been playing god for a long time
0: sure Sure. yeah and i think that's when it comes to
2: other animals
0: right and that that as a theme um of humans in this movie particular, but I think in general, being our own destructors, mm-hmm. I think is what makes it as powerful and work as well as it does. Because yeah. the apes do not fuck this up for us. The apes are doing their own thing. They're using the drug we created and tested on them to free themselves from our bondage and run away. Humans tested drugs that were not ready for the market and put them available in these... Uh, dangerous laboratories and ultimately lead to our own destruction in the same way that Tom Felton's character is the reason he dies. He has the electric prod and his hose down. If it was just water, he would be fine, but he is the agent of his own destruction. Mm-hmm. So like David Oyelowo, like it's the experiments that he allowed that ultimately push him off this bridge. And so what I think this movie does again, that is handled so well is consistently, like, reinforce we are our own destructors. Mm-hmm. We are doing this to ourselves. We'll kill ourselves off in the pursuit of these selfish or, you know, personal things that we want to achieve and not think of the consequences to the world around us. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's why I think in the planet of the apes world, I feel like that direction it's always pushed is like, oh, and somehow humans all died or became weak and apes became these smart, superior species, and then they enslaved us and used us for (laughs) their own means. Instead of, we killed ourselves off, we gave the means for evolution to another species, and they ran with it and created a new society. And that's why this feels like a reinvention, and so separate from the rest of the Planet of the Apes movies that I don't really care about, because I don't ultimately know what the point that they're trying to make is. I think it's mostly just like, oh, sometimes the ones that are you know, the uh, ones in control are, you know, sometimes the tables are turned. And that's, like, not that interesting to me. This is interesting to me. It's, like, this is just a species that is not intending to wipe out humanity. We are perfectly capable of doing that to ourselves.
2: (laughs) Also, if they had We're doing it
0: every day. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Similar to, like, Arrival, if they had treated the apes with kindness, the apes might have been more willing to... Collaborate, then. Leave. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like Caesar protects that one guy because not because like that, like the non Tom Felton dude at the the non Tom Felton Brian Cox dude at the sanctuary, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, because that guy was like relatively kind to them, like you know he was a reasonable person, um, and Caesar was like, yeah, I see you. I'm not going to murder you, but I am going to put you in this cage so you don't get in my way anymore. Mm -hmm. So, like, I do think that you're, you know, like, what you're saying is, like, if the humans wouldn't have been such shits in this movie, it probably, I mean, that disease still would have knocked out a good chunk of them, but, like, the the ape takeover at the end maybe wouldn't have been as, like, aggressive to humans.
2: They might have even wanted to stay there if they were treated well.
1: Right. Yeah. And you'll see a little bit more of that in the next couple of movies.
0: Um, and, what a you know, tease. What a well, tease. <laughs> no, like
1: spoilers. Spe- no spoilers. But, like, also,
0: no spoilers. But even speaking of the disease, uh, another character that gets exactly what he oh, dishes out. Fuck is that, that dude. Fucking neighbor. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it really is so satisfying. It's like, when the first he gets talked like, in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, just go home. And it's like, you're dead. You're dead, son. Um, (laughs) You're gone. And it's, you're gone. It's so satisfying. Another moment where you're like, yes, fucking sneeze all over this asshole. Like, get out of everyone else's business, you fucking nosy
1: asshole. So that dude was a piece of shit the entire movie. And, like, I think that there's, like, some potential. Like, the first time he, like, freaks out when there's just, like, a fucking... Right. Like you know mostly grown chimpanzee in his backyard with his kids there like i understand being like what the fuck is this like but i think he just doubles down on being an asshole throughout the entire movie to the point where like the the his ultimate undoing is when the lab tech guy is like trying to get into james franco's house N- not this guy's house. Right. And he goes over to James Franco's house. And is like, Hey, who are you? What are you doing? He's like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to get into my friend's house. Not you go home. And he gets sneezed on. And it's like, yeah, fuck you, man.
0: <laughs> um, can I, can I touch on symbolism? Cause I think of I tie yeah. together some other stuff <laughs> that we've got to, um, which I think this movie is impeccable when it comes to symbolism and its use Because we have a primarily nonverbal lead character, so there's way more pressure to show and not tell. Uh And so there's several instances in which things are perfectly captured by an image or an idea or a moment. Uh, And so I'm just going to go through some of the ones that I think were best in the movie. Uh, Speaking of John Lithgow when we hear him playing Claire de Lune, which, side note, Claire de Lune is maybe the most overplayed piano song in any media, period. Everything uses Claire de Lune at this point, where I'm like, there are other pieces of music out there. I like Claire de Lune. I think it's a very, like, sentimental melody. Isn't it
2: because it's easy?
0: I mean, maybe that's true, but, like, not every movie needs to put it in their movie. This, I mean, this might have had its use as he's trying to do a simple...
2: Colin, are you Googling is Claire de la (laughs) Lune easy?
1: I'm just, like, looking it up a little bit to get some... I mean, I'm familiar with the the music, but I'm just, like, I don't know um, Um, anything else about it. Like, anyway, as you
0: were, Matt. Uh, But as he's playing that and we begin to understand, okay, yeah, he's, like, this is the Alzheimer's coming through. The shot of behind him that shows the wall of uh, degrees is such quick exposition to be like, this man is a multi-degreed scholar and he can't play Claire de Lune. That is what you need to know about the level of his Alzheimer's and the severity of it. Beautiful. I think it, it just does it so well. Um, the leash, the first moment that mm. Caesar recognizes that he is on a leash and that that dog is on a leash is so immediately like, up. Oh, yep that's he's sentient he understands like what the fuck am I doing on a leash I'm like part of the family why am I, Why are you carrying me on a leash and again I think also like kind of uh, immediately establishes that like Franco will not be the person that he ends up with in the end like this relationship <laughs> is never going to be a peer relationship um, and uh, I mean I, I hinted at that last line in the movie of him saying Caesar is home but it's preceded by James Franco multiple times being like, "Not, we're not going to go home yet. We're not going to go home yet. We're not going to go home yet. And by the time he's finally like, let's go home, he's like, I'm not going with you. I am home. I'm with my people. Yeah. Um, which I thought was great. Um, the, uh, this is, and this is, I mean, there's a lot of like symbolism, I think. The, the, uh, window,
1: L- literal that, symbol,
0: <laughs> a literal symbol, which becomes kind of the symbol of, Caesar of his empire.
1: nearly Um, started crying when he goes back to his cage and just, like, mm -hmm. erases the symbol off the wall. I was just, like, devastated. It's it's so heartbreaking. Um, It's also a symbol that
0: uh, has so much importance (laughs) to my brother that he got it tattooed (laughs) on his forearm. uh, And he will be a guest on our next episode. But, uh, (laughs) But, I mean, that symbol, I think, is such a good, like... Sharp, unique symbol too that uh, this movie gets, and uh, I said big hunchback vibes as he's like looking mm. out the window at all the people below, and just kind of like enjoying his little house inside. But you're like, you deserve to be free, Caesar. You deserve to be out there in the world. Uh, but uh, but no, the one that I was that I think is like a, is such fucking good symbolism for what the apes achieve in this movie, which is going from. Uh, being confined to being free and defending themselves is when they attack the zoo and they free all the apes, they rip the fence bars off and use them as spears. And I was like, fuck yes! This is so cool that, like, the bars of their enslavement are
1: now the weapons of their freedom is, like, fucking rad. Uh, The shot where... uh... The dude is like trying to get into the like the ambulance and like drive away, Mm -hmm. and there's like one of the spears just like flies through, and he like looks out the window, and they're all just like standing on the ledge of the building, and they're all just holding their spears. I was like, yes, and Caesar just
0: has one handed to him, just like lines up his shot.
1: Here you go, literal king.
0: (laughs) So fucking cool. I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> um, and and yeah, and I think like again, like I mentioned, Tom Felton getting electrocuted by his own means, like by his own tool he was using to hurt them, is what kills him. And that's like again the the symbolism of humans being their own demise. Uh, I think is just like handled really well. And um, and then one of the other moments was the kind of focus they put on John Lithgow holding. James Franco's arm as he dies and then mirroring that when Buck the gorilla is dying on the bridge and he holds Caesar's arm Mm -hmm. as he like groans and dies I was like oh yeah it's again this is like a mirror to show like this is as important and as emotional of a relationship as the human relationship that you saw earlier like these are fully sentient beings oh and also just the eyes that like how quickly they're like oh and then when they get this drug it makes their eyes green and so that later in the movie the way that you confirm everybody's like good to go is like green
1: eyes cool green eyes (laughs) like caesar's literally like checking them in (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. show me your eyes king all right there we go (laughs) yeah it's dope
0: um uh, and then the last one that i'll say uh is that the symbol of the stick. Of uh, which is one of my favorite moments in the movie, and I think apes together strong. Apes together strong. uh, When Maurice is like, "Why are you? Why did you give candy to Rocket?" and he's like, "Apes together weak. Apes together strong. Uh, A bundle of sticks is what's referred to as a faggot." um, And so the (laughs) symbolism of separate we are weak. But if we are a community, if we come together and protect each other, nothing can break a band of faggots. I thought was very powerful, <laughs> and emotional, um, and significant. Like it, I think it one perfectly captures just like the image of this stick that's weak, um, but also like captures his energy of a leader. Is that like it's better to defend each other than to fight? amongst ourselves uh mm-hmm. so yeah
1: apes together strong apes yeah apes together strong uh apes together strong I will say everything you just said about apes together strong is very beautiful, but I do love that that moment is immediately followed by Maurice being like, apes stupid. <laughs> because it's yeah. just like, like fucking uh, 2001 at the watering hole, <laughs> just like yeah. a bunch of them just like get into a fight about some dumb shit. So Caesar's uh-huh. like, you know what? You're right. Apes together smart or apes together strong, but we need to be enhanced so that these uh-huh. fucking morons will actually stay together. <laughs> yeah. We have we have the technology.
0: Um uh and then uh these aren't necessarily symbols but I thought moments that were that were uh, particularly good. A113 makes an appearance in this movie. It's the name of the drug that they're given uh mm-hmm. which is also a reference to Pixar and A113 is used in a bunch of movies. Uh, the Icarus launch is seen on television. Icarus launch
2: Flying is too close to
0: the sun. well I mean yeah actually good I never actually thought of it yeah it's pretty right there uh yep that's it but also the Icarus launch Icarus launch is what uh the Charlton Heston character goes on oh and it goes bad and he lands back on earth uh 2,000 years later so that is literally the planet of the apes like that's they're like We're huh. sorry this?
2: he lands 2,000 years later
0: that's the twist of planet of. the <laughs> Spoiler alert for a <laughs> yeah, 1973 movie say. if those are listening. He was not dead. It. Because he like gets caught in a time slip cuz it's like, it's uh, like a wormhole or than, some like, shit. Technology. Yeah, I don't. Okay, know.
2: whatever. It, it
0: basically like whips him through time right back to where he was, but 2000 years in the future. And that's why like for the movie you think that he's on a new planet that he's landed on a planet in which humans are enslaved and and apes are in control, but in reality it's earth. It's just the future of earth that that's why the Statue of Liberty is jutting out of the ground. He's like, you blew it up. Damn. you! Again, also, I only
2: saw a scene of him walking on the beach. So,
0: well, um, also damn dirty. Ape damn gets dirty uttered, eight. I mean, you gotta do it. Get your filthy hands off me. You damn dirty. ape!
1: I wish that it was deployed better, but it had to yeah. be here. So yeah, I wish he was called a loathsome little
0: cockroach. Um, <laughs> Also, and then the last the last thing that I thought was just like a beautiful <laughs> shot and just like chills was uh, as the people in the neighborhood are just jogging down the street, the wave of leaves yeah. coming down, and then they look up and it's just like ape 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 ape. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. go 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 go. Fuck there's it a,
1: up. there's a fun like preview of that, and I didn't I don't think I've ever noticed it before, but like when Caesar is coming out of the house to defend John mm-hmm. Lithgow, you see it, like, above, like, you just, like, there's an aerial shot, and you just see the trees moving from the top, but you don't actually get to see the leaves falling. And so I think it's fun when you come back to it, and it's just like, oh, no, now we get to see, like, what's happening at, like, the street-level view. Wow. And it's it's still dope every single time I watch this movie. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I remember that being, it's like, fun. one of the main shots in the trailer, and just being like, oh... <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> it's sick. And great use of the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, you know, a lot of movies have set
0: pieces near or on or lifting the Golden Gate Bridge oh, to connect Alcatraz to how, San Francisco. How, how dare you? <laughs> but this one, it's like the way you use Gold, the Golden Gate Bridge is like have a bunch of apes that know how to climb it, get way up to the top and then have all the fun that you want. In all the parts of the Golden Gate Bridge.
1: I was like, yeah. And also other apes that know how to climb on shit go underneath and are just like swinging around underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, fuck yeah. Use the whole thing. (laughs) Use that bridge. Also Um, really use, lean into the fog of San Francisco, which is another fun little, like, oh, yeah. Like if you've been to San Francisco and you've been on the Golden Gate Bridge when some fog rolls in, you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. been there.
2: (laughs) Uh, Its name is Carl.
1: That's the true. fog. Yes. Or the, okay, I'm
2: sorry. Call by its yeah. name,
1: and I, the lead in. Up, the above I, Carl. I apologize, Carl. How how dare I? Um, uh, should that's, we? That's most of my notes. Yeah. Let's, should we Q and A this shit? Uh huh. Okay. Um. Can anyone explain the geography of the Bay Area to me? Because I don't feel like this movie has. A good grasp of it. I feel like it's just like set in the Bay Area, but I was like, I don't know. Like, I haven't spent.
2: They would not. That's what. They would not need to. Unless they actually, if he was in Berkeley and then wanted to go to the San Francisco Zoo to free the apes, he'd have to go down to San Francisco and then cross the Golden Gate to Hmm. Muir Woods is accurate. Right. From San Francisco.
0: Is he, is Caesar trapped in Berkeley? I think he's trapped in San Francisco. Okay. Like higher up above the city on the San Francisco side. Yeah. Like I think James Franco and family, I think live in Berkeley.
2: Wait. Oh, where he's trapped. I see. Like, what you're the, saying. Yeah, like but the... they go to gets... Genesis.
1: Which well,
0: and I don't know if that is in Berkeley. That's the other thing is like I don't know. Does it's... it say Genesis is in Berkeley. I don't. No, no, no.
1: I don't think that that's specified. It's not
0: in Berkeley. It's in San Francisco. I think most of this movie is in San Francisco. Besides their house, which could be in Berkeley because it's like more neighborhoody, but I think Genesis is somewhere in San Francisco, uh, and the zoo is in San Francisco. And I think that
1: uh, do we do we think that shelter. there's uh, yeah like a primate shelter. <laughs> In the city yeah. limits of San Francisco cuz well, i don't, i don't think that there is what are you talking about? i believe that there be? there's a zoo in San Francisco but i don't believe that there's like well, a primate actually, rescue like the
2: like. area where the the uh, <clears throat> sanctuary is looks fairly arid if i remember and the further south you go is more deserty to right, like the point San where you yeah. well to the point where if you're in Palo Alto you're basically in the desert um versus just more arid. You're not in the desert. And so if the sanctuary was further south, then they would go from there. And my guess is Genesis, there's no way that's in San Francisco. There's way too much real estate. Uh, this This is how I look at things. Like the building yeah. is too low and it takes up way too much real estate to be within city limits. So if yeah. they were like way far south near like Palo Alto in the sanctuary, then they go up to genesis and then they go up to the city and then they cross the bridge and then they're on their way to okay.
0: the woods and cuz when caesar wipes the fog off the like skylight uh-huh. he can see San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge in front of him which does suggest he's on like in the San Francisco side and does yeah south yeah, of south. the city <laughs> because otherwise he would be looking at a lot of water between him and the Golden Gate Bridge if he was, like, in the Oakland area. And he has to get to Mere Woods, so he has to cross over the bridge uh, that way. So he is seemingly south and also high, like, high elevation. Yeah. Which, like, that, like, where that tower, that, like, I don't know what it's called, um, but that, like, telecom tower that's mm-hmm. jutting out of the ground near, like, Dolores Park in San Francisco, like, that's pretty... Mountainous. There's like areas yeah. of San Francisco that are like a lot more elevated, but I think it's like that way.
2: You have to get further from the water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it seems like it's on like the west side of southern San Francisco city limit area. Because if you could still see the city, you have to be that close. Otherwise, you couldn't see
1: San Francisco. The east side of San Francisco. I mean,. Yeah, like that, that the west side of San Francisco is, is water.
2: <laughs> right. Uh, this side though gets the elevation dips. We don't need to talk about this
0: right now. I know that's why he's on the west side. He's like, go. He's closer to the ocean and higher in elevation because he's looking down on the city in front of him.
1: Yeah, I was just like, when I I have been to the uh, Bay Area I, once, and as I was watching the every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I don't this i haven't spent enough time there but i was like this doesn't feel like what i remember the bay area geography being like Like this doesn't feel like it makes a ton of sense yeah Yeah. which like i'm not expecting it to but i do think it's funny that this movie like they make it very overt that this movie is set in san francisco but then also kind of yada yada the fact that it's set in san
0: francisco
1: (laughs) there should be more hill scenes
0: there should be like (laughs) apes rolling down
1: hills
2: they also make it sound like you cross the Golden Gate Bridge and Muir Woods is
0: yeah. right there. And you're just
1: there. like in Muir Woods, yes. which I was when like, I know that just that's like not true. are in
0: Sausalito. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like in people's million dollar homes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like James Franco runs to the woods to catch up with them, that, which felt ridiculous. Yeah. Like he was like just jogging through all the brush. I was like, what are you? How did you get here? <laughs> Um, I've got a question. Um, besides apes, what animal would you want to lead an uprising and attack humankind? Dogs. Hmm. Hmm. I just looked
2: it up. Woods is 11 and a half miles from Golden Gate <laughs> <laughs> Bridge. Oh.
0: Uh,
2: what animal? Man, quick 11 and a uh, half
0: mile. Franken.
2: Birds. Birds would be awesome.
1: Ooh. Oh, interesting. Hmm just look very cool.
0: It is funny that
1: dolphins birds...
2: answers dolphins.
1: Or and dolphins oh, I
0: think are actually yeah. probably the most likely to do oh, it. If
2: or will. orcas which is already happening. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. We we stand we orcas stand. who defend
0: themselves and then attack boats. <laughs>
1: yeah. Those oh orcas God, are fucking yes. awesome. Um did you see there yeah, was something answers. the other day? that was like somebody figured out that's quote-unquote figured out uh how to distract the orcas by just like playing some something i can't remember exactly what it was but they were like to us. did i send it to There's you guys i can't metal. remember yeah. yeah they were like playing death metal and like that was gonna get the orcas them. to like yeah. go away from them but then the orcas were like oh cool now we know where you are see you soon bitch so I'm fucking it's like... cool for
0: these orcas <laughs> to hear like in the water like Boo, and they're like all right okay fuck shit up <laughs>
1: Again, humans, just like our own downfall. We're like, oh, we're going to play death metal. That'll get them to go away. It's like, no. they're gonna, yeah. That's going to incite them to be like, no, we got to take these fuckers down. And now we know where they are.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Whales, I don't know if we've seen a whale takeover movie yet, but it is happening in real life. The Dolphins Takeover is an episode of The Simpsons for the Halloween special where dolphins uh, come on Earth and they're like... <clears throat> Uh, we've been waiting in the ocean this whole time, uh, and you guys, uh, <laughs> we're going to take over now. Uh, and then Birds, the movie The Birds, these birds start they attacking people. They don't really people.
2: take over. Birds, birds is lame to what I'm picturing in my mind. I'm picturing, like, sure. the eagles from Lord of the Rings, if they were bad, coming down and just picking oh, people sure. up and chucking
0: them. I mean, that let's do that. Let's, let's do a remake of The Birds where the birds just start picking up people and dropping them sounds rad as hell um and then uh as far as dogs i think there's a little movie uh called white god that's about dogs uh having an uprising
1: so never heard of it never heard of I, it Pro- probably I mean, won't ever
0: watch it so yeah i don't know We've, i don't know if we will watch it or not i don't Pro- know probably won't ever I, watch it i don't know but um also mine would be bears i would love to see all the kinds of bears uh become smart enough just to be like uh, your food is now ours uh, we'll be eating every picnic Ted basket is. like
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and also though. you are our food to be clear i think
0: wolves <laughs> would be fun but i feel like real pack mentality that'd be cool
2: yeah but that's basically um, just dogs yeah. before they were
0: domesticated
2: yeah. mm-hmm. i don't have any questions
1: um, um, my, uh, oh i have, have i have one other question that's <clears throat> it, you know it's does it infuriate anybody else that this series starts with Rise of the Planet of the Apes and not Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Or is that just uh-huh. something that I'm going to have to take to my grave? Like, is... Yes. <laughs> I God. think
2: we can also, we know that I think the nomenclature of this whole series is silly. Yes. Why, why have that many conjunctions or whatever the fuck you call them? Of the, of the. It of should just the... be
0: called Rise of Caesar, Dawn of caesar's empire or i don't know some better name than that uh and then like the end of mankind
1: but this uprising. is this okay is way to just spoil
2: the whole series for me because I, I mean we're no not getting any more healthy
0: one. as the time goes on it's not like humans take back the the control of the planet
1: the okay did just like, I didn't know this is literally the the dawn of the planet of the apes like all well, the things that happen are the, like this is the this is the beginning of them it's not the rise yes it's the, the second rise one is the rise of them
0: but they also climb they rise okay. up at the very end of the movie and it is not dawn it's the sunset uh and so i'll have to rewatch dawn to remember if it ends on a dawn but it does this one it does end in a rise so you know <laughs> but no i also always get confused i constantly get confused I think I did it when, as I was putting the episode to, like yeah. folders in the thing, I was like dawn and then rise. Um, That's what it should
1: be. Here we okay. are. Yeah. Did you have another um, question?
0: My question is: Who would you rather have had as the lead character than James Franco? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like um, who would fit that role, that vibe? Pedro. <laughs> Tierney.
2: (laughs) He would though. He's very sweet.
0: (laughs) I mean, in 2011, what was Pedro Pascal doing? I
2: don't know. I don't know either.
1: But sure, a better job than James Franco. (laughs) Got him. Uh, Uh, Trying to think of like who, like Ryan Gosling, maybe. Oh. Oh.
2: Yeah.
1: I think he could. He could do like the emotional weight needed. To sell Jason that
2: character. Sudeikis. <laughs> Have you no. seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> Fuck off, man.
0: I've seen Ted Lasso, and he's not carrying a Planet of the Apes movie.
2: No, but he's carrying. Like I'm thinking of people who can fit that role and yeah. do a better job acting. I'm not thinking of the billing. That's the Here's problem, the Matt. People were I, thinking of the billing, and they cast James I'm Franco. I'm asking you
0: to think of the billing. <laughs> Like Ryan Gosling, you could stick him in a t- like this movie came yeah, out a that, are month we before Drive. the
2: question from an acting point of view or are we answering the question from well, I think from you can answer
0: however you want to. A little bit of both. You can, I, I would say A.
2: Garf
1: would have been I've great.
2: been doing it from an acting point of view.
1: Sure. A. Garf would be good. I think you Who need somebody is that even a- Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um I think he could have
0: <clears throat> pulled off both <clears throat> being Uh, overly fixated on the science and uh, ignorant as to the pain that he was causing Caesar, and also, you know, in the moments with Caesar, playing it actually like pretty genuine. But I think that's where the James Franco performance kind of flails, is like, there's one scene where he's explaining what went wrong with the medicine, and he's like, so, I gave this thing to Caesar's mom, and Caesar's mom, because it had to replace her jeans, and he's like frustrated the whole time. And I yeah. was like, this is played so weird. Like, this is such a one beat. Versus Andrew Garfield, who I think could play the like obsessive scientist side and kind of like disregarding all of the consequences of his actions in a way that I think would have sold this movie a little better than this, like, kind of like, I'm going to quit because I don't agree with you moving forward on an experimental drug that I pushed. Past the experimental phase and allowed to get to this degree anyway. It's like I don't know who this character is. I think Andrew Garfield would have sold that better. Um,
1: Tierney's out. She's not watching this movie if if it's Ugh. a, a. Garf. Terrible terrible.
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Ooh, Burns. Uh, um, yeah. That's it. We did that's the it. we did the rot potta Congratulations to all of us. Rot potta Why do you always do, do the a?
0: Because it's like a like an exhibit, okay. and because it's capital, so it's rot, pot, and it's a capital A, so you can't just throw it in like any other lowercase letter.
1: It's more fun I mean, to I say rot than to rot pot day. Sure, is fun.
0: <laughs> what are we
1: What are we watching next week?
0: Dot we're watching dot pata, uh, with special guest my brother Val. Uh, yeah. who loves these movies and has a tattoo of a Caesar's window on his arm. So we'll get that perspective. And, uh, yeah. Remember I think, how I th- watched
2: this movie and then you guys said that and I said, what's Caesar's window? Oh,
1: that was wild. I was like, what? Tierney, did you even watch this movie? Yeah, Almost as wild as you're thinking
0: 50 <laughs> apes attack people at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> 50, Apes <laughs> got loose, and then they were like, well, we got one baby left.
2: Uh, uh, so anyway. Okay, but he- <laughs> here's the thing. Paddington and Paddington 1 and 2 also looks out a window, but I'm not over here being like, oh, it's Paddington's window. So to me, that window means nothing. It's a window. And so yeah, well, I haven't yeah, seen I mean, the other movies yet. I don't know window the significance is of the symbol. That it's we, literally a window that I forgot about because Pattinson's it's a window. window.
1: He takes okay. a rock and draws the symbol on a fucking concrete wall. And do you know wall. what I thought
2: when he did that? <laughs> I said, what is that in my head? Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we got to end the
0: This is going nowhere fast. You know what? The poster <laughs> will show Caesar's window to everyone when they come to our site. Um, but I'm not going to keep arguing about it anymore. I'm finished.